Quick Goal, the official goal of soccer, presents Quick Chat, a quick-hitting interview series with some of the top people from around the soccer world. We discover how coaches got to their position and advice they give to a younger self. Welcome to Quick Chat. Hey, everyone. Uh, joined today with uh, Coach George Kiefer at NC State. Uh, Coach, how are we doing? How are things up there? Doing well. You know, obviously, I, I believe everybody post-COVID is... Uh, you know, you, you, you potentially took some things for granted, but to, to have camps going on and, um, you know, a camp sometimes can beat you up now. Now, you know, you're, you're out there with the kids and loving life and getting back to, to coaching on the grass rather than on the computer. Right. Um, so, you know, socially, restaurants are open. Every, everything is, uh, is moving in the right direction. I think we all appreciate things a little bit more now, too. Perfect. Perfect. I hear you on that loud and clear. Um, diving right into it. Talk about um, talk about how you ended up there in Raleigh. Um, yeah. Kind of your from from your your playing days through coaching and how you j- just kind of take us down that pathway. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I I started uh, I played for for Ray Reed at, at University of Connecticut, um, and uh, you know Ray at at that point um, was very influential. Um, you know, in, in helping me uh, mature and become, become uh, a young man. And, and uh, uh, I worked for him for uh, about two years at Southern Connecticut where I played. Uh, Southern Connecticut was great for me and then I was 17 years old and it was when Division II didn't have an age restriction. So there were 25, 26, 27 year olds. I, I really think back then you could put uh, a better team on the field in yeah. terms of the types of guys you could bring in. Um, and uh, right when I finished uh, playing, um, you know, Coach Reed offered uh, for me to come on board on his staff. Uh, I spent one year in what was the USISL uh, yeah. with, with the Connecticut Wolves, which was a, a blast in itself. Um, but then uh, Coach offered to pay for my master's degree and work for him at Southern Connecticut. But I, I, I would tell you, uh, working for Coach Reed um, was one of the, the best experiences. It's, it's why I'm where I am today. Uh, in terms of looking at a college soccer program uh, as a corporation, uh, you know, there's the alumni, there's the players, there's the recruiting, uh, there's the fundraising. Uh, there's the academic support and, and every detail matted to, yeah. to Coach Reed. Um, and then it was even at a place where we didn't have scholarships. So I was like a door-to-door salesman uh, selling yeah. advertisements. Uh, and then I was the guy putting the coupon book together to make the ads, to bring it back to the Chinese restaurant, to make sure they liked it, um, just, to, just to raise money so you could bring players in. Yeah. Um, so it gave me, I, I always said working for Coach Reed for one year was like working for anybody else for like five. So right. five years of experience was like 25 years of experience. Sure. Or it's like going to, to the Harvard School of College Coaching right. uh, in terms of the education you get working for them. Right, right. Yeah. You know, as you talk about, okay, you, you hung up the boots, you got in with Ray Reed. Uh, is is coaching school formal formal education through our coaching schools, whether it be United Soccer Coaches or U.S. Soccer? Was that heavily um, pushed forward to you? Like, hey, you got to go get this done. Was it something you kind of took on your own? 
Sure. At back back when I did it, uh, it was it was it was pushed, I, and I was young, so I I had good. Bob DeCranian was was in the office at Southern Connecticut. I uh, had good coaching minds around me that pushed me uh, to get my licenses. Um, and you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't promote uh, the U.S. Soccer or the NSCAA one over the other. I I would say if you can fit it in your schedule it can, and can go to both. Um, because it's not only the coaching you get, it's the network that you form. Yeah. Some of the guys like John Ellinger was, was my, uh, instructor or Jay Miller, uh, uh, you know, where I, I still talk to, to these guys, uh, today, uh, Bobby Gansler was also a guy that I, I got to meet, um, through that. And then, you know, I would say the early stages of the coaching education, uh, they, they teach you how to structure your session when you, you're a player and you, under, you know, you understand the playing, you understand uh, movements and all that, but actually the, the, how to teach it, how to the progression um, from from A to B or the problem in the game that you're trying to, to fix. So, OK, this is the problem. How do you, you know, beat the problem up in a session uh, and then put it back into the game? So I, I would recommend to any young coach. Go to as many as you can, especially if it's being funded by a university, just because you, you, if you pick up one thing that, that it's worth your day. Yeah, so. absolutely. Then the networking part that you, you, you mentioned there, that's, that's been the most valuable thing for me over the years. Obviously what you, what you learn on the field and in the classroom, but the people you meet is you, you can't beat it. Sure. sure. Um, okay. So uh, you stepped across the sideline to the coaching side. What has been that number one? Is there that number one best coaching experience? Where was it? What happened? What what were the circumstances? I mean, it, there's so many, Eric, and I'd, I'd hate to I'd hate to say just one. Um, you know, there's as a player winning a national championship was 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 awesome, uh, and you know, as as a coach. Um, you know, as an assistant getting to get into a, a college cup, it was when they had four overtimes. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost to, San I think it was the last year they had four overtimes. Uh, we lost to Santa Clara in the fourth overtime. And I, I would say, you know, everyone points to, to your best experiences in, in the championships you win. To me, that was a great experience because Coach Reed did an excellent job. We kept the team there. Um, in, in Charlotte to watch the final. Uh -huh. um, we immediately uh, in the locker room after losing were preparing to try to come back and, and win it. And, and we started right from letting the guys see, uh, I, I'll take a stab at it, it's a pretty good stab. Might've been Indiana lifting the trophy. Uh, I forget who it was, but we watched the team lift the trophy. Uh, and it, it, just, um, it just painted a good picture about, you know, you got to set goals for your team and then the goals get put over there and then it's the process. Uh, and the process started uh, literally right after we lost in team meetings, watch the final, live it, feel it, uh, suffer the loss, uh, feel the pain, watch them hold the trophy you wanted, uh, really sink it in to motivate the players. Cause that's great. Yeah. Okay. We want to win it. We just lost it. But when it turns into May, June, July, sure. and all your friends are going to the beach 
and your girlfriend's calling you and you know, the amount you give up to win something like that. I don't know that everybody gets that. Uh, it's, it's a vicious, vicious thing that we all chase. Were you loaded with guys that, um, made the right way? They had everything that you wanted in all field leaders, you know, that were going to do all of the heavy lifting for the coaching staff. Did you have a number of those guys you could lean on or was it a relatively inexperienced group? But tell me about that group. Yeah. And it, you know, it was uh, year year three at, at UConn, um, so we turned it around pretty quick. Uh, but it was basically what what was great for year three was in year one we really needed to count on uh, some freshmen coming in and playing. So it's guys that got right. three solid years of playing. But but you're right, and I, I think you're 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 throwing me a softball in terms of teams that that win championships or or can be successful you could usually pinpoint a couple of guys that have built a little bit different psychologically uh, that can lead, that can tell you to, uh, well, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting my New York in me. I won't curse. <laughs> but that, that, you know, tell you to, tell you to clean your locker up, tell you to be yeah. on time, tell you to stay in two nights before a match, uh, tell you where we're setting the line, tell you, you know, just, just, sure, sure. you know, manage it. Uh, it's so much easier for a coach when, you can talk to two or three of your guys and then, yeah, then the, the ship's in order. Right. Um, but yeah, we had, we had Chris Bondi, Herman Trophy winner right. was one of those guys. Uh, another guy, Max Eke, those two guys to me, Mansoor Jai, who's still at UConn now. Those guys were good players. Bondi was one of the best, but the other two were just good, solid players, blue collar, tough, uh, but led, led better than, than most. And, you know, when you look now, it's, it's even tougher to find guys that are willing to, uh, to tell you what you're not doing when they're your age. Sure, um, sure. So, yeah, that, that leadership, it was a team that it, it was ripe to win one um, in the amount of returning guys we had coming back. Would you say that one of those three would be, would they top the list of, of guys you've, you've worked with, you've coached over the years? I would never talk about some of the best guys I worked with, not mention Bondi, a Herman Trophy guy. Yeah. Um, but when you look at what one guy, I don't know if you can count it, but he was with us for the spring. Uh, and it was when I was in Tampa at USF. He was a, a residency guy and he was meant to be with us in the fall. Um, okay. But it was uh, Nevin Sabatich who played at Dortmund, played in the Champions mm-hmm. League final. Yeah. Um so got got to work with him, but then if I if I look, uh, you know, I'd be crazy not to mention Dom Dwyer as well. Dom was uh, yeah, okay. Dom was a top 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 guy, and then you know Damani Ralph too. You, you know you gotta you gotta look wow. at Damani. Now Damani's an agent right now, so he's a bit of an enemy. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I get along good with Damani. I, I would I would I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Flipping the script. Yeah. Is there is there one moment that just was kind of a low point? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say it was this fall, if I'm honest with you, um, in, in that I, I've never experienced the season like we did this fall. And I don't uh, I don't blame it on COVID. I don't I don't hide behind COVID. I don't think COVID had much to do with it. Maybe that's me being naive or maybe that's me trying to hold myself accountable. Um, but in the fall, we didn't win a game. 
Um, what was great about this year, though, is we got to play in the spring as well, uh, where I do think we, we completely turned it around in the spring without adding players, just refocusing, setting goals, uh, getting back to what NC State is. But it, it's, it was a tough, tough fall in terms of uh, when you talk about results. Uh, yeah. And when I talk about process and the things we actually focus on here, even after we lost our last game in the fall, we still wanted to be around the team. We still kept training. When right. Typically, when you're not winning games, everybody wants it to be over. Everybody wants to get the hell out of there. Everybody wants to reset. Uh, right. But we were still able to, uh, to continue with the growth. Good. Um, it was it was a tough 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 fall for sure. Yeah. What what goes into as a staple of your training? Sure. Uh, games uh, training game. What what sure. what game might we see uh, sure. every single week? Sure. And, and you know what I I love to I love to look at things like in life that uh, that you 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 come on to something and you're like how do we live without that? Yeah. Uh, and I like a can opener. How, how do we how do we live without a can opener before we had a can opener? Um, and then I, I know when you played, when I played the cones, uh, usually we stole them off the streets and they were about three feet tall. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's how we that's how we practice side volleys. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, those were the goals and they were good sized goals. And then yeah, yeah. you string a piece of tape across uh, to get a crossbar. Um, yeah. But uh, when, when you look now and then cones evolved a little bit uh, where they've gotten smaller. But, you know, if you're coaching and things are going well and then a cone pops a ball up. Uh, so the, the new markers that uh, that you guys come up with, it's like, where were these things 30 years ago? Because yeah, such right. a simple concept. Right. 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 Um, right. So those those things we're using in, in every training session um, in terms of marking out our space. Uh, but then, you know, we like to do obviously a lot of possession, but we like to add elements of transition into our possession as well. Um, so one game we'll, we'll do is like a 10 by 10 with just four of the dots uh, spread around. And then we like to have a larger space, which we like it to be a more defined space, hardline space. So mm -hmm. we'll use a bit of the larger cones um, in, in that the group in the middle is keeping it uh, against, you know, probably a five versus three. When the three win it, okay, there's seven players on the outside, and then it becomes a 10 v five. And then uh, we've progressed that even further. I used to use the, uh, the, the sticks, the quick old sticks. Yeah. Um, I would use the sticks uh, as, because now, okay, so the 10 playing against the five yeah. i don't want it to end there i want the fa the five to have a motivation now to win the ball in the biggest space sure. so when they win it we play it through the sticks uh but when so you're, dri you're dribbling through the sticks so you can shoot you, 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 pass, pass. you pass through the sticks so you win it if you can play through the sticks right away great if you need to connect a couple yeah. passes excellent uh but play it through the sticks and right. then for sure the 10 uh, there's no chance they're playing it through the, the gates. You know, it's a reaction. We're not surprised it turned over. Uh, we win it back and we carry on. Um, but what I found, you know, and I think when you go back and, and uh, when we're having the most fun, uh, we're playing to goals. Uh, 
Um, you know, even if it's a small sided game, uh, it's one thing to have a camp and you're playing through the cones. You get so much more emotion when it's hitting the back of a net. Uh, so for years after the sticks, we used the four by six goals. Um, but what I found is you could be good defensively and a player can still score in that four by six because it's such a large such a large goal when you talk about it in comparison how close you are to it so the game i love is when we use uh the four by three goals because it's got to be a little more precision you're not as apt to just shoot to shoot um so to me that's a perfect session and i I know i'm on with quick goal right now it's not a quick goal advertisement but literally it's quick goal dots quick goal cones uh and then quick goal small goals to make the session flow. Perfect, I love it. Actually, if you don't mind, I'm gonna modify that game to uh, to work with uh, nine-year-olds. Sure. So the, yeah. the, I, I love the idea of transitioning it yet again. Yeah, the, and then yet the again. Grid. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I love that. So yeah. uh, I'll use that if, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, uh, I'll tell you, it's great. not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where'd you get it from? Yeah, yeah. Where'd, you, where'd you learn it from? I don't even remember where I got it. <laughs> well, there's a saying, and you know it, and so do all of us know. Yeah. Nothing is uh, nothing is ours. It's all borrowed. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, going back to your early days of coaching, yeah, winding the clock. What advice would you give to your younger self? So easy. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Um, slow down with everything. And then, uh, I don't know, you know, working for Coach Reed, it was, you know, and even, even Debbie Yao who hired me here, she always had, would have an expression, are you working on 110 or 220? You know, yeah. like 110 is a normal electric outlet, 220 you need to get your dryer going. Right. Um, but slow down, breathe, uh, relationships, uh, make sure they're important, time with your players, uh, you know, it's, it's just slow down, slow down. And I think once you slow down, you'll actually get more done, but it'll be more meaningful and you'll enjoy it even more. Right. Right. Invaluable. I love it. Yeah. Um, coach Kiefer, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. I will see you up in Raleigh at some point. If Good not deal. there, I'll see you on the coaching trail. All right. All right. Good deal. All, right. Good luck All to the best country. this season. Yep. Right. All the best this season. And we'll see you. Uh, We'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Coach. Bye-bye. Bye.